Welcome to Changes in Latitudes, a Transgender Experience. A 40-something trans woman shares her observations, life stories, and the adventures of her journey through transition and beyond. And now, here she is, your host, Sabrina Miller. Yay! Hello, hello! Welcome back! Welcome back! Let's warm it up to that band! Ah, yeah! Yay! Hello! They are incredible! I love them so much. That was W.E.D. and the Happiest Place on Earth chorus featuring the Dapper Dans. Huh? They get better every week. Ah, I love that music, I tell ya. Ah, it just brings me into the mood to, to well, to podcast. <laughs> ah, welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of Changes in Latitudes, a transgender experience. I am the hostess with the mostess. I am Sabrina. I am your tour guide on this crazy adventure called a Stream of Consciousness podcast. Ta-da! That's me. Episode 43. Wow, we're getting there. It's just, it, they rack up. It, I don't know, it shocks me every time. Wow, really? Am I already at episode 43? Holy mackerel. It just seems like yesterday I was working on 32. So, so, I don't know. Anyway, welcome back. Welcome back. And welcome aboard to new listeners. If you're joining us for the first time, welcome, welcome. It's always nice to have you. And of course, returning listeners, I love having you here. Uh, new listeners, I, I don't know what to expect each episode. I'll warn you up front there. And, well, neither do you, actually. <laughs> but I make my notes. Uh, you know, I get a topic, I make my notes, I put them in somewhat of an order or fashion, and then I press record. And here we are. Well, then I edit, and then here we are. <laughs> uh, so this episode, we're going to be talking about visiting the doctor. We have another 30-question challenge. This is number 25. <laughs> Only five left. Our secondary topic's going to be about uh-huh, the 60th anniversary of Disneyland, hence the uh, band's name there, W.E.D., Walter Elias Disney. And then the rest is pretty self-explanatory. But, uh, yeah, that's why that's there. And, of course, we're going to have some listener feedback. But before we move into any of that, let's talk a little bit about last week's episode. Last week's episode, Transgender Social Networking. It, uh, it's got some good points. It's got some bad points. Ultimately, in the end, it is more beneficial than it once was, mostly because you can reach circles greater than your circles, you know, your, your inner circles, social circles from before. You know, your social circles before were only limited to basically how far you could travel, right? Well, now, (laughs) it's how far you want to explore in the internet. So, yeah, that's the one big positive thing about that. 
the awful stuff has always been there. You got to be careful of who you meet. That was so true even back in the day before the internet. Uh, you got to be careful what you do. You got to be careful what you expose, blah, blah, blah. All that stuff that we know about and hear about all the time. And then ultimately just be safe. If you go to meet with somebody, go in a group. Let somebody know what's going on. Uh, there's apps that'll, you know, do that for you. So just be safe is the best thing I can say. You can find that episode, number 42, at Changes in Latitudes podcast at blogspot.com, where we have our Amazon affiliate links. So if you go to our website and click there, it'll take you to a new window into Amazon, and you can shop to your heart's delight, and we get a little teeny tiny bit of the uh, proceeds. And I do mean a little teeny tiny bit. (laughs) It's like pennies to the dollar. Uh, And then, of course, there's a PayPal donate button. And this is kind of new information. I'm working on Patreon. Shh, don't tell anyone yet. I'm not ready. But I'm working on a Patreon page. So there's more news about that coming up. We're also on iTunes and Stitcher. And if you use any of those, please give us the uh, ratings interview that... uh, Interview? Not interview. Ratings review that each of those platforms offers. Uh, iTunes is a little one to five star thing and uh, a review. And Stitcher is a a per episode uh, thumbs up and a share and a comment and such like that. So interact with us on those interface platforms, if you would. In a positive way, of course, please, in a positive way. But state your game. Uh, we're on Facebook, if you're not already following us there, facebook.com slash changes in latitudes podcast. Pretty easy. The email changes in latitudes podcast at gmail.com. And you can follow me on Twitter at Sabrina Miller 41. And I threw this out last episode. I'm going to throw it out again. Have you heard of Periscope? I'm thinking about using it, you know, a few days after a new episode drops just to get a chance to interact with the fans. Let me know what you think. Right here we are into the main topic. Now I know last episode's main topic kind of went on for a little bit, but I'm going to try to keep it real quick and simple this episode. Uh, and it's going to be really easy because, get this, episode 25 of the 30 question challenge is the same question as what I'm going to be talking about, visiting the doctor. Haha. So, I think it's time that we had some music to transition to. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, that's going to be the name of my new album. Music to transition to. <laughs> oh, okay. All right, let's 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 have some music and move right into <laughs> Transgender 30 Question Challenge. Question 25. Doctor Visits. 
Okay, so with so many of these questions, we're going to reword it because uh, a lot of these just are so incomplete sentences. <laughs> uh, so for this one, we're going to start off by saying, on a scale of one to five, how would you rate your experience when visiting your general practitioner? Uh, five being the best, one being the worst, and more specifically, four being pretty damn good, but still flawed in some aspects. Three being decent, but needs work. Two being horrible, but I don't have much of a choice due to insurance restrictions. And one, of course, would be so bad that you're looking for another doctor or that you'd just rather go to, e go to the ER when you're deathly ill. <laughs> so that's how we're going to scale that right there. Um, I also am putting it as general practitioner because doctor is just too general. Doctor's almost vague. I mean, people can have a doctorate in music. I don't want them looking at at my colon or my you know listening to my heart <laughs> so you know let's just put it as it is um and i'm i want to use a general practitioner because that's the one that most everybody has to go to on a fairly regular basis whether it's you know every couple years or every six months or whatever the case may be for you individually um and now there are other doctors that many people visit and that doesn't take trans out of the situation. Take it out because it doesn't really matter. You know, like a therapist, anybody can see a therapist, okay? Endocrinologist, it's another common one for trans folk. Uh, anybody can see them that has an, a hormonal imbalance. So that's so vast. Male, female, doesn't matter. So uh, endocrinologist is more specifically trans, but anybody can go. But it's a doctor. Uh, electrolysis could be performed by a doctor, not necessarily, it has to be a trained nurse individual, but nonetheless, uh, a, a doctor, right, possibly. Again, anybody that doesn't want hair, <laughs> electrolysis is just permanent hair uh, removal, so anybody can have that. Uh, any sort of plastic surgery, you're going to go to a doctor, and that's anybody, male, female, doing any sort of thing. <laughs> uh, a dentist, that's a doctor. Uh, chiropractor. Uh, vocal coach. Now, yes, that's a little more specific to trans, but not necessarily, because uh, the vocal coach could have a doctorate in music or whatever uh, realm that they studied in that, because there is a vast realm in music, but... We won't go into that. Uh, and people like actors and singers and other performers or people who just want to learn how to speak better, such as politicians, they're going to see a vocal coach. And if you have the money, you're going to see somebody that has the education and background. And so you're going to see somebody that's probably got a doctorate or pretty damn close to a doctorate. <laughs> so there are tons of doctors out there, and I'm probably missing a few. So you, you can keep those to yourself or share them with me, whatever you want to do. Um... But let's go through these these uh, these few that I mentioned uh, as far as how they rate for, for me. Uh, we'll start with therapist. Well, for me, that's kind of a no-brainer. That's a five because <laughs> that's why I went to the therapist. The endocrinologist, I don't have one yet. More information on that in future episodes. Uh, electrolysis. I didn't have electrolysis. I had laser hair removal and it was in a uh, medical facility building that had other cosmetic, uh, like dentistry and other cosmetic th 
things happening. So there was nurse staff and a doctor staff, but I didn't see a doctor. Uh, it was it was uh, it was okay. Uh, I, I it's hard for me to say it was good or bad because if you're not familiar with laser hair removal, check out the episode. I think it's in the it's in the early it's before ten <laughs> it's or or twenty somewhere in the early episodes uh, where I talk about laser hair removal. Uh, you have to let it grow for about a twenty four hour period, and for some people it really shows. Not all, but for some it really shows. Anyway, I was felt very self conscious, and so when people were looking at me, I probably read into it more than it actually was. But I did feel people looking at me on occasion the the, the six times I did visit that office. So seven times because the first time I signed up. Plastic surgery? I have not had any yet. So can't say. <laughs> uh, I would hope because of the nature of their business, they would be very... Uh, they would be very hospitable because they want your money... And they want you to feel good about yourself. So, you know, they may be obvious, they may be blunt about, yes, you are correct in coming to see us about your uh, insert thing here, your nose, your chin, cheekbones, breast, butt, tummy, fill in the blank. There's so many out there, right? Ears, (laughs) okay? Uh, So... So I would hope that, yeah, they may be blunt in saying, yes, you are correct. You need corrective surgery, plastic surgery in this area of that thing. But they're going to be empathetic, sympathetic about it because they want your business. Bottom line. So the better they treat you, the more likely you're going to be with them to spend your money. Out of all the other cosmetic surgery, plastic surgery doctors that are out there. Uh, Next is dentist. Uh, Since I've come out, I haven't visited the dentist and yes, it is quite a while, but it's due to insurance reasons. I'm gonna leave it at that. It's an insurance thing. Actually, it's a copay insurance thing, but that's besides the point. The chiropractor uh, haven't been to one since we uh, moved our home in uh, March of 2014 because I uh, haven't really needed it uh, or desired it or wanted it. Uh, and also, our chiropractor is a 60-mile round trip from where we are right now, where it was much closer before. So uh, it's a, it's going to be a little easier to find someone closer to home when we do want to visit a chiropractor. But up until now, I haven't. So uh, again, I'm sure they would be very accommodating. Next up on the list is vocal coach. And since I've come out, I haven't worked with seeing a vocal coach but back in my schooling days I worked with a vocal coach and uh, one was actually going to school to finish her doctorate at the time (laughs) that I had had her as a teacher as well and I'm sure by now she has so so I didn't work with her when she was a doctor but I worked with her but I know of her you going to possibly be a doctor (laughs) in in speech and so she was lovely, but I wasn't trans at the time, <laughs> so it really kind of moot. So now it's down to the general practitioner, and I'm going to say on a scale of 1 to 5, uh, 4.5, maybe even just a 4, uh, because sometimes the doctor refers to me in male pronouns. Uh, my preferred name, actually I have two preferred names, but one of them is listed on my chart, so there's never a name issue. But uh, pronouns is, and I correct her, and she kind of remembers for a moment and then, you know, forgets like the next uh, at next time. So her note-taking and, 
recall memory may not be uh, as what it is. But I don't think it's just that because there are times when she asks questions. And this happens with Rebecca as well, where she doesn't remember the answer the next time we come in to see her. Now, I know there might be a thing to see if our answer changes. I get that. But it's not just that. So that's just my experience with her uh, as my general practitioner at this time. Uh, The staff and the nurses uh, that are there are awesome and lovely. Even, Even when they pull up my record and they see whatever they see but they're going to see medically what they see and they still are lovely with it so in some you know i can there's one nurse uh that i I have a sense at least the last time i saw her had a sense that she was kind of wanting to ask questions she had that look in her eye and uh, I didn't. I didn't take her up on saying, "Do you have any questions you want to ask me?" Which I probably should have, but I was in a hurry to get back home for food. Is what that timing was. So overall, I'd have to give the the facility that I go for my general practitioner like a four point five, uh, only because the doctor refers to me with male pronouns, even though I've mentioned not to, a couple times. Eh, it's a learning process. I know. But it still kind of stinks. So now since we're talking about general practitioner, let's not leave out the pharmacy. Yes, they may not be doctors, but they go hand in hand, usually. You usually go to the doctor, and usually you get some sort of prescription, even if it's just to go pick up some uh, over-the-counter uh, antihistamine, like a NyQuil, DayQuil sort of thing. You know, you know what I mean? Or something else in that realm, allergy pill or, or whatever it is. You know, it's, it's available over the counter. You can go to any drugstore, pick it up, but you still got to go to the drugstore to pick it up. So let's not forget them in this conversation about visiting the doctor. Uh, most people, and especially us, go to the closest drugstore, you know, popular brand, uh, not brands, but uh, popular businesses are CVS and Rite Aid, uh, Long's, Thrifties, which I think now is Rite Aid. Um, I, there are so many out there, uh, and they've all seemed to be purchased up. Walmart has uh, pharmacies now. Costco has pharmacies. Uh, but I go to the closest, you know, regular old-fashioned drugstore, like a Rite Aid CVS thing, uh, only because it's the closest thing. And I go there for other things besides prescriptions. And every time that I've been, since I've come out, I have been totally respected. I've been mammed. I've been ingratiated with, you know, with help. I mean, it was just, it's it's been wonderful. Totally accepted. Some would say totally passable. I don't care whatever it is. It's a wonderful interaction and experience, and it's what I've been missing my entire life up until now. So I'm going to have to give the pharmacy, and that's the whole drugstore, a big old whopping five, because they're awesome. Uh, now, I've had a few cis people uh, who work in the medical field, some nurses, EMTs, etc., ask questions, or uh, not to me personally, but they've asked them to the internet. Uh, you know, how do I interact with a trans person in a medical emergency or a medical situation? And I figured this is a great episode to talk about that on. Uh, well, first, you realize that every trans person is different. 
just as every person in the world is different. I mean, there are similarities, of course, but they are different in the sense that not everyone is going to react the same way. So just be uh, friendly and courteous and apologetic is always the key with certain things. Uh, and overly apologetic because certain things sting harder and usually the first couple apologies we don't hear. Not all the time, but usually. Anyway, second, there are many different reasons for a medical professional to treat or care for a person. In certain circumstances, the, the issue of cis or trans doesn't even come into play. So don't even bring it up when it's noticed. I'm, and I'm, remember, I'm speaking to the, you know, the cis uh, uh, nurses and EMTs and people and doctors and things like that out there as how would a trans person want to be treated? Treat them like anybody else. Uh, make sure you ask for pronouns. Make sure you ask for, for preferred name. Those are going to be the best uh, ways that I can say approach a trans person. Be upfront, honest, simple, direct questions. And, you know, if, if a pronoun slips, apologize. If a name slips, apologize. And, and continue to do your life-saving job. <laughs> um, and that's the best that I can say for that. As far as offering any other help past that, maybe make sure that they're getting their hormones from a legitimate source, that they're monitored, even if it is informed consent, because they, they do their checks as, as they should. So... That would be the one thing I would say as a medical professional to double check with the person if they are on HRT is that they are going through the correct format. And if they can't go through the correct format, then it's time to make that change so they can. Now, let's just try to keep this as simple as possible and you know, be as obvious as I can be. Uh, let's say a uh, trans person goes and visits the uh, you know, general practitioner or ER medical facility for, you know, whatever reason it is. And their documentation shows their birth, gender, and name. But it's quite obvious by their dress, by their speech, by their demeanor, whatever the case, by the makeup, <laughs> whatever the case may be, that they identify it as a different gender than what's listed on the paperwork. If you're noticing this, just ask him, what's your preferred name and pronouns? And I think that's going to become a more normal thing. I think more people are going to start asking that question. I think that question is probably going to start being on medical forms in the not-too-distant future. Because, you know, cis people have that same, that same right, you know. Somebody's named, I don't know, William, right? But they like to go by Jake, right? Who cares? There you go. Boom, done. And since pronouns are starting to become more personalized, a person that doesn't care, ah, call me whatever, you know, oh, I'm a guy, call me a he. Oh, no, I'm a she, call me a woman, or <laughs> I'm a woman, call me a she. That's going to that's gonna happen. And as, and as more people come out as trans and as trans becomes more normalized, I believe pronoun preferences are going to be a thing of normal everyday things. Uh, even with gender fluid, gender queer, you know, some people are going to be a showing a little more one way or the other on a different day, and they may want to be addressed by a certain pronoun on those different days. Well, perfect reason to ask for it. Also, for a non-trans person, the simple act of asking that question 
what are, is your preferred name and pronouns, tells the trans person that you understand their journey, their challenge, their, their, their dilemma, their situation, and that, that you are on their side because you are concerned that you address them correctly. So ask. I mean, asking a name is, is, a, is a pretty common thing. What's your name? And, you know, you, they can answer whatever. You know, and later you find out on their license that it's not what they told you, but that's what you're calling them because that's what they told you to call them. Uh, it's, it's, more of, it's, it's more of the fact that uh, the pronouns. It, it, when you, I mean, you may not refer to in direct conversation to the person as, as it, with pronouns, but your, you will refer to the person, to your partner or, or, you know, other people with the correct pronouns. So that's, that's, that's very important. So that's, that's probably the biggest thing I can say. Now for a trans person whose record hasn't been changed, if they start addressing you incorrectly, Correct them if you can, <laughs> if you're if you're able to speak and correct them, of course, and let them know that this is what you want. That's the only way we're going to get it to become something normal in society, in conversation, is by letting them know that's what you want. Please call me, you know, please use female pronouns. Call me Sabrina or whatever your case may be. And as a side note, check out episode six. Uh, my name is Sabrina. It's a little more information about my name. Now, if your record has been changed, uh, well, well, obviously, uh, they're going to use the correct pronouns and name, but because of your trans status, and this is something medical, I would let them know that you're trans. Because uh, trans women, if you haven't had uh, confirmation surgery, you still need to do the old turn your head and cough thing for a hernia check. Trans men, if you still if you have not had top surgery, mammograms. If you have not had any sort of bottom surgery, pap smears. Only because that's the biological need for that body. It, you need to make sure that, that, that your body will function so you can live a happy, healthy life. And if that's what you're dealing with internally, and in, in the case of uh, top surgery for trans men externally... If that's what you're dealing with, and I guess trans women externally as well, but if that's what you're dealing with, make sure it's functioning as best and as proper as possible so you, it'll last you until it's taken care of, whatever your definition of taken care of is. Uh, I definitely be honest with, with the medical professional because they're the ones that are going to be prescribing the, the, the medicines, the d diagnosis and things. And if you're not sure of a medicine, Google it. Uh, the references are out there. So, and then again, back in the sense of the pharmacist, listen to the pharmacist. The pharmacist, their job, sometimes the pharmacist knows more about the drug than the doctor does because that's their job. Their job is to know the drug. The doctor knows of the drug, what it does, what it needs, why you need to take it. But the pharmacist knows specifically, if, especially if it's, uh, you know, sources are changing and, and medical suppliers are changing. You know, they, they know what to do. That's their business. So anyhow, I'm getting a little off track. Uh, other medical professionals, EMTs and uh, smaller clinics and nurses and things, that's, that's a case-by-case -case scenario. 
for trans people, if uh, if you know EMTs and and other you know medical source resources like that usually come into our lives when there's a need for it. And again, I would just correct them as far as name is let inform them you know yes it says such and such on that paper but my name that i would like to be called you will call me is such and such whatever it is same thing with pronoun and you will address me with female pronouns or male pronouns or whatever it is for you that's the best thing i can say now there's if there's a chance you're unconscious as a trans person and you're seeking medical attention uh, i don't know maybe get a bracelet <laughs> Uh, but then again, you're, you know, you, you don't want to out yourself all the time. It's such a case by case scenario. Everybody's different. I know people that wear some sort of trans symbol or color or something every day, whether it's an earring or a necklace or a bracelet or a outfit or a button or a, a hair clip or something. And then there are some where, you know, uh-uh, I'm not going to advertise the fact that I'm trans or whatever until, you know, I'm at a trans function or something. So... To, to wrap this whole doctor visit thing up, uh, overall, my experience has been good. And I expect it to be better as time moves on because more and more uh, insurances are starting to recognize and include transgender health care. So yay for us. And then as my little side note here to the medical professionals, how do you interact with a trans person? Number one thing, if you think they're trans, ask them what is your preferred name and pronouns. And then for the trans person, tell them, I know my documentation says this, but I want this. And that's, I think that's the way we're going to change the world in time. But that's the first step. All right. That was question 25 of the 30 question challenge. Five more, five more. Send me your questions, send me your suggestions so we can fill in something in this space. secondary topic so usually in secondary topic i like to do fun things and when i was putting this show together i realized that the day this drops is the actual 60th anniversary of disneyland july 17th so happy birthday disneyland let's get that out of the way
safe till the end Cause you're the bestest of all of my friends Here's Mickey and Donald and Goofy too To celebrate your birthday with you Happy birthday, happy birthday Happy, happy birthday to you Happy birthday, happy birthday Happy, happy birthday to you I wanted to tell you in my own special way but you're extra special, so have a great day! to this happy place, welcome. Disneyland is your land. Here age relives fond memories of the past. And here youth may savor the challenge and promise of the future. Disneyland is dedicated to the ideals, the dreams, and the hard facts that have created America with the hope that it will be a source of joy and inspiration to all the world. Your attention, please. The Santa Fe and Disneyland passenger train, E.P. Ripley, now loading on track number one for a trip around Walt Disney's Magic Kingdom. All aboard. I have memories of Dis visiting Disneyland, which is now the Disney Anaheim Resort, I think is the title, <laughs> uh, for, I, I remember back as long as I can remember, because I grew up as a kid within 50 miles of the park, and, and, and as an adult in my 20s till now, in, for within 100 miles of it. So visiting the park is not... Uh, you know, a hard thing to do. Yeah, it may take some planning. Yeah, it may take, you know, days off from work or you know, whatever. But it's not that long of a trip. So it's still today a big part of, of my life, our life, because Rebecca shares the, the Disney love as well. And the earliest that I can recall, and I really thought hard in putting this together for this show, the earliest that I can recall is somewhere around six, seven, eight years old. So we're talking about 1978 to 1980, right there-ish, okay? It was when my sister and her boyfriend 
uh, took me to Disneyland. I mean, they went to Disneyland as well, but they took me. So it, it was it was fun. It was good. And again, since I have so many memories of the park as a kid, it's really challenging to try to decipher which time was which. But I remember being with them just because I have memories of, of the two of them with me on certain things. And and she shared stories with me throughout my life. You know, oh, remember when we, oh, yes, I do now. So, yeah, it was, it was, it was a good day. But I remember being, you know, just so young. And the things that stick out that are always, you know, on my list of things I have to do, you know, when visiting the park, at least as a kid, you know, uh, was so many things. Uh, I mean, the list is is almost endless. But uh, the thing I remember most about the visit with my sister and her boyfriend was the fact that we got there so early that we were parked in line at the admission gate. Now, I'm sure some people out there listening to this will know exactly what I'm talking about. And I'm so happy that you can share in this thought experience memory. Because it no longer exists. The parking lot of yesterday is the Disneyland California Adventure of today. Specifically, Cars Land. It was the last of the parking lot there. But... I digress. We got there so early that we parked, I don't know, probably within the first dozen cars, if not less than that, because I remember seeing the turnstile. I remember or the gate where you paid your admission or paid your parking and moved in and were directed to your parking spot. So, you know, I mean, the fact that we were sitting in the car and I remember staring through the window at the gate, you know, open, 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 how much longer, how much longer? And it was, it was just an amazing memory. The things that are always on my to-do list, especially when I was a kid. I know I spoke earlier, but I veered off a little bit. Anyway, back on track. <laughs> uh, now, these are in really no particular order. They came to my mind in this order, uh, but they are in no real particular order. Except maybe the first few. <laughs> uh, the, the first one that always comes to my mind is Peter Pan. Because ever since I was a child, I, I have always connected with that story. I love that story. I, I had the opportunity to play Peter Pan in college. So it was, it was wonderful. And Tinkerbell has always been one of my favorite Disney characters. Which you may think nothing of now because there's you know stuff with her image is everywhere well back in the day you never saw anything with tinkerbell uh you, once in a while you might see something but not what it is today uh next would be the fireworks i always liked the fireworks over the castle and the fact that tinkerbell introduces the fireworks at least in uh, Disneyland here, uh, out in Florida, when uh, Rebecca and I went there for our honeymoon, uh, Dumbo started the uh, fireworks, and so that was a nice change. Uh, next would be Fantasmic, and I have to say the West Coast Fantasmic, because the East Coast, or uh, Disney, what is that, uh, Movie Studios, or Hollywood Studios, uh, has a version of Fantasmic, and there's a section that is totally different from East Coast, West Coast. Uh, coupled with the uh, boat of Steamboat Willie uh, at the end of Fantasmic. 
uh, on the West Coast, the the section that I speak of that's different. On the West Coast, it's Peter Pan and Captain Hook. On the pirate, or the pirate ship, which is the sailing ship Columbia, the tours around the rivers of America. Uh, and then the uh, at the end is the Mark Twain, you know, taking the place of Steamboat Willie. On the East Coast, when we again when we were there for our honeymoon, uh, the middle section where Peter Pan should be is uh, Pocahontas. And so that threw me for a curve when I was watching Fantasmic. But, uh, and the, the Steamboat Willie at the end is a, a fantastic replica of Steamboat Willie, but it is so tiny in comparison to the majestic Mark Twain. So it was a big visual, oh, wow, what a difference when we saw it. And I'm not knocking the show. Please don't think I am. I enjoyed it, but it was so different uh, that I, I just was, uh, whoa. Um, I remember enjoying everything except the Pocahontas part because I thought the uh, the nostalgia of the Steamboat Willie was just so cute. Uh, I, I do think they should have made a bigger Steamboat Willie, but that's just me. Uh, and maybe they couldn't because of size, and I get that. That's all cool. But uh, And the fact that they built their own amphitheater for Fantasmic out in the east, uh, the, over in uh, Orlando, is, is a totally cool thing. But also on the West Coast, it's a totally cool thing in that part of Tom Sawyer's Island is, it changes into the Fantasmic stage that, uh, that you see later at night. And so that has its own sense of magic in itself, and, and I like that too. So they're both good. I both, I, I both, <laughs> I like them both, but my heart is attached to the West Coast one. Probably because I saw it in my teens during high school when it first premiered, and I fell in love with it, and it's one of the things I really, really enjoy. And, and I've really enjoyed how it's changed over the years too, what they've, what they've added, what they've taken away. It's, it's, it's awesome. I cannot miss out on saying Pirates of the Caribbean. Pirates of the Caribbean has had uh, memories in my mind from the beginning. It was one of the ones I went on with my sister and her boyfriend. And yes, of course, there were parts where I'd be scared as a child because, well, that's what you do. That's part of it. Uh, And uh, I know they made a number of changes in Pirates of the Caribbean over the years. Uh, the first one, the first big one with the whole political correctness thing. Uh, I get why they did it, but I think they just did it to stop the voices of people saying, you know, change it, change it. Because it really depicted history. The, the history that they're trying to show, pirates were mean. Pirates pillaged. <laughs> they burnt the city. You know, they raped the women. They chased the women. The women, they weren't chasing the food in the women's hands. They were chasing the women. And it was funny because the woman chasing the pirate at the end is just perfect button to that scene. But again, I understand why they changed it. Uh, the changing to the Captain Jack thing that they've done uh, in the, since the big thing of the, of the pirate movies. I'm kind of mixed on that. I like it because I do enjoy the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie for sure. 
Uh, I'm still, yeah, I'm still, I don't know, up in arms about the uh, remaining franchise, we'll say. Uh, so I, I, I don't want to get into that. But uh, I, I have always loved Pirates since I was a kid because of how magical it was. You, you saw the, these ghostly ships and skeletons of yesterday. And then you move into this vast cavern of gold and then, oh my God, the pirates come to life in this, you know, battle right in front of you that you're, you know, escaping through, narrowly escaping through. And then you get into the town where they're, you know, torturing this guy in the well and they're selling the women off and, and then they, they burn the town and they, they say, you know, leave it in cinders and then they steal the gold and, and up out of the ride you are done. You know, I mean, it was, it was just amazing and i've loved watching it change throughout throughout uh my life and while we're talking about pirates of the caribbean let's mention the blue bayou um i don't specifically remember anything like this out in in orlando but in here in anaheim uh when you get into your your boat at <laughs> lafayette's landing or as one patron i heard say lafitte's landing uh <laughs> Uh, as you first, as the boat starts to move away from the, the dock, uh, or the pier, actually, uh, you pass a, a restaurant. There's an operating restaurant just, you know, feet from your, from your boat. And it's called the Blue Bayou. And it's, it, it's had an up and down reputation. The prices are a little high. Uh, the food has gone up and down in quality and, and size and this, that, and the other thing. Uh, last time we were there was, oh gosh, I think a year and change ago now, almost two years. And it was, it was meh. It wasn't good. It wasn't bad. It, it could have been better. It could have been worse. Meh. But we haven't been back since and we've been to the park a couple of times. So that says something. Plus the fact that you got to have reservations and sometimes you don't know where you're going to be, but long story short, uh, it, it, it's a great atmosphere because you kind of get that Louisiana down south feel that they're trying to replicate in the New Orleans Square that, that's there off of Pirates. That's the land that, it's, uh, that it borders on on one side. The other side is uh, Adventureland, which is just perfect, but... I won't go into that today. Uh, moving on. Since we're talking about Adventureland, we'll talk about the Jungle Cruise. Uh, the Jungle Cruise is just classic. I, I, I love it. When we experienced it in Florida, I, I loved it almost even more because they had more space to work with. And so that was fun. Same ride. Same ride. Same jokes. Everything was the same except it was spread out a little more. And it made you feel like you really did go somewhere so out in Florida. So I will say yay to the one in Florida for that. But again, the original here in Anaheim. Uh, but I love it. I do have to say I don't like how they have sped up the speech and the mo movement, how fast the boat goes through the jungle, <laughs> uh, at least in recent years, uh, probably in the last 20 uh, because it just feels like I mean I know they got to get people through and I know they got to get people in and out and boom 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 boom, but I feel that you're jipping that that family that ex, you know that that tourist that's there, an experience, you know if you're just rushing through it. So the last couple times we've been on it in the last year or so, 
it's it's been good. It's been slowed down. It's been paced right. But again, I still get the feeling it's moving a little too fast. Uh, let's say uh, Space Mountain. Space Mountain holds a lot of memories. Yes, I had to wait till I was the right height to go on the ride. And I'm not big on roller coasters, so I also had to get over my fear of, uh, you know, riding a roller coaster. Uh, I would say it's probably my favorite uh, fast, intense roller coaster out there. Again, I'm not a big rider, so I don't have a lot of experience on it. Usually I pass them up. Uh, but But this one I love. I love Space Mountain. And I remember the changes it went through throughout the years. There was a time when it would, when it went backwards. Uh, there was a time when they changed the music and made uh, uh, black like interactive. Uh, it, it was it was it, it's still essentially the same ride, but it's gone through so many changes. It's pretty awesome. Then we got to mention the Matterhorn, and the Matterhorn is probably the first, very first roller coaster that I really probably fell in love with. I got on that the first time, scared shitless, and after that, loved it. And I I think the thing I like the most about the Matterhorn is the, well, not anymore because they've changed the seating, but in the past, the coziness of sitting together. But it did come with its uh, uh, downsides because, you know, you'd be crotched to butt of whoever's in front of you. Anyway, uh, now they got separate seats. Uh, oh, can't forget the Tiki Room. Cannot forget the Tiki Room. Ole, ole, it's showtime. In the Tiki, 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 Tiki Room. In the Tiki, 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 Tiki Room. All the birds sing word and the flowers croon. In the Tiki, 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 Tiki Room. Welcome to our tropical hideaway, you lucky people, you. If we weren't in the show, starting right away, we'd be the audience too. All together in the tiki 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 room, in the tiki 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 room. All the birds sing words and the flowers croon, in the tiki 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 room. I sing so beautiful, I should sing solo. See, so low we can't hear you. Mad voice may not be so marvelous, but my profile is out of this world. Jawohl, but the trouble is, it's not far enough out of this world. Isn't that right, Herr Schmidt? Oh, I see, Schmidt has no hair. Mi amigo, stop the clucking. You sound like a bunch of old hands. There's a lot of birds waiting to go on. For instance... The boys in the back are called macaws. Because of their claws? No, because they're macaws. And our fine feathered friend is a jolly toucan. And toucan sounds better than one toucan. The birds of paradise is an elegant bird. It likes to be seen and it loves to be heard. Most little birdies will fly away, but the tiki room birds are here every day. In the tiki 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 room, in the tiki 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 room, all the birds sing words and the flowers croon. In the tiki 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 room, our show is delightful. We hope you'll agree. We hope that it fills you with pleasure and glee. Because if we don't make you feel like that, we're gonna wind up on the lady's hat. In the tiki 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 room, in the tiki 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 room, all the birds sing words and the flowers croon. In the tiki 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 room, our magnificent production is yet to come. So strum the guitar and beat the drum. We've been a hit and we know you adore us. So come on and join us in another chorus. In the tiki 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 room, in the tiki tiki. 
the birds sing words and the flowers croon in the dicky 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 room. Uh, only because it's just such a classic and it's actually one of the the attractions i remember being with my dad uh i i still remember the seats we sat in uh i don't sit in them too often i mean there was two seat two two different areas within the room that my father and i would sit regularly we'd sit anywhere but regularly and and i still remember sitting next to him and watching the birds it was uh so that room will always hold a uh, warm place in my heart. Can't forget the Haunted Mansion. I know I'm jumping all over the park, but that's just how, how it is. Like I said in the beginning, this list came to my mind just as it came to my mind. Uh, the Haunted Mansion. Again, I had to wait till I was the right height or till I wasn't scared of it. I don't quite remember. Uh, I do know that those two things played into it. And... Yeah, uh, I, I once once I got over my fear of oh haunted mansion and realized that it was just another attraction, my brain started to take apart the ride because of the elevator drop all the way down, and then the the doom buggy ride throughout the entire uh, uh, house, and just trying to figure out where everything is you know mechanically situated my brain still's trying to figure it out i'd i'd love to see blueprints of it uh but then the magic of the the whole magic of the haunted mansion and when i say magic i mean the magic tricks that they use the floating things and the lights and the and the air pressure and the projections and all of that it's it's awesome uh, then Splash Mountain, it's a little later in, uh, in Disney history. Um, Splash Mountain, I really like, but I am bittersweet about it, and I will explain why in just a moment. Uh, I love Splash Mountain because it reminds me of Song of the South, uh, which is one of my favorite movies, and I, I wish it was available in the States, but it's not. I'm hoping eventually someday it will be, but I remember as a child listening to the LP, the the, the album, the you know, long-playing record on my record player of essentially the story of the movie. There is bits and pieces left out because I think the entire thing only ran just under an hour, both sides, you know. Uh, but it had a lot of the songs, and it was uh, the story. It was just, it was awesome. And it had a book that it flipped through. Yeah, great. Uh, plus, it's just an awesome, you know, plume ride. Water, water log ride. Uh, yeah, water log ride. And now, the reason why I'm bittersweet about Splash Mountain is the old attraction, America Sings. Uh, if any of the listeners out there have any memories of America Sings, thank you very much for keeping the memory alive. It was one of my favorite, favorite things. And again, a memory with my father when we visited Disneyland on occasion. We, I, by my request, we went and saw and sat in and through America Sings probably five or six times in one trip. And not all, you know, let's go again, let's go again, let's go again, but let's do it. The one time I remember with my dad, we took uh, a, a two or three day trip to the parks, meaning staying overnight and then going back to the park the next day. And on, on a couple occasions, it was only two nights. And on one occasion, it was three nights. 
but it was one of those times when there was an overnight thing because I remember going on day one and then I remember going again on day two. So it, it just has been one of my absolute favorite attractions in history so far. But when they took that, uh, well, they, they closed it down and it sat for a long ass time, but they took all the characters from that attraction and put it into Splash Mountain. All the little animals and all that, except for the specific, you know, Br'er Bear, Br'er Fox and all that. All the other animals, like the vultures, the vultures come directly from America Sings. The possum, America Sings. All the, 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 the showboat, the steamboat at the end, that's a scene taken directly from America Sings. So that's why it's bittersweet. They had to take the characters from my favorite thing as a child to make Splash Mountain, but that means that they live on. So I'm happy. Bittersweet. Now, for people that don't know America Sings at all, because I don't know if it was ever put out in uh, Orlando, because uh, it was in the Carousel of Progress uh, turnstile wheel stage thing, uh, which is now Tomorrowland, or no, it's in Tomorrowland. It's uh, the World of Tomorrow or something like that. And it's been closed the last couple times we've been, so we haven't been able to to go in. I think they're renovating it and getting ready to do something new with it, which is about time, because it's been... I don't know, good, well, probably 20 years since they've changed anything there. So the stuff of the future is already here. Uh, but the, um, the America Sings was on the Carousel of Progress, and most people know the Carousel of Progress because it shows progress through the ages. Well, they decided to do basically the same thing, but with music. So the first and also the last stage that you see sit at, which is the same for Carousel of Progress, is that uh, you, you, it starts in the same scene and you go around in a circle. So there's five different scenes that you see or hear or whatever the case may be. Uh, so the first one, uh, which is the starting and the ending one, is a section which is like a little, from what I remember, it was a little park setting or like the back of a train or something like that. And we meet our two lead characters, which is Uncle Sam, the American Eagle, and... His sidekick, an owl. Uh, I don't know why they chose an owl, but they did. And then every once in a while, the weasel comes out. Uh, Sam the Eagle was uh, voiced by Burl Ives. And if you don't know who that is, (laughs) Google that. (laughs) You should know who that is. Then, as it uh, moved, because they introduced you to say, hey, let's have some songs. And and, uh, in fact, I'll play the intro now. Down and riding on a pony, he stuck a feather in his hat and called it macaroni. Yankee Doodle, keep it up, Yankee Doodle Dandy. Mind the music and the step, and let the girls be handy. <laughs> Yankee Doodle, yes, folks, that was America's first popular song, and that's what this show is all about. America's music. Where'd the songs come from, Sam? Why, they were the songs that people brought from their native countries. They did? What kind of music was it? Sometimes it was happy. Sometimes it was sad. And sometimes it just spoke of love. Like, I dream of Jeannie with the light brown hair. 
very nice. But frankly, I prefer... All around the cobbler's bench, the monkey chased the weasel. The monkey thought was all in fun. Goes the weasel. <laughs> and now, let's travel on through history and hear America sing. Sing it, Sam. Yankee Doodle traveled south, riding on a riverboat. Played a tune and sang it out. It sounded like a billy goat. Yankee Doodle liked the south, sang their songs so dear. Thought they were most elegant for everyone to hear. Yankee Doodle, sing it up for Yankee Doodle Dandy. Find the music and the words and with the song be handy. So after that, you would you know, the lights would dark and and uh, you, the carousel would move and the audience would move around the stage and you'd go into the second scene, which was titled the Old South, and you'd listen to songs and such from the Old South, and then it would move into the Old West for section three and, uh, and Western songs and things like that, and then it would move again into the fourth section, which was the Gay Nineties. And then it moved into the fifth section and last, you know, new music section. And that was what was called Modern Times, which was really being like the 70s, early 70s, mid 70s, I guess. I I don't remember specifically when America Sings opened and I didn't look it up before the show. I know it closed in the early 80s. Uh, but that's all I remember. I remember seeing it uh, all my childhood, and then it closed. So, uh, and then again at the end of this uh, Carousel of Pro- or Car- uh, America Sings, you'd come back to Sam and the Owl back in the park or the train or whatever that setting was. And it, I just remember being fascinated with just the animatronics and the mechanics of it all, and how it worked. And it really, to me, seemed. Like the Country Bear Jamboree, only hipper and better and more. And so I think that's why I was saddened when they took out America Sings. And then sadly, at least out here in Disneyland, they took out Country Bear Jamboree and put in Winnie the Pooh ride, which is cool. I, you know, got to have a place and things for everything. But I do miss Country Bear Jamboree which I realized is something I forgot to put on my list here, so I'm glad I remembered it as I'm explaining this. And I'm sure there are other ones out there. I mean, I, I love all the Fantasyland rides. Storybook Land has always been a favorite of mine. You get to see miniatures of favorite scenes from storybooks and movies and things like that. Uh, strangely, I, I'm not, I've never really been a huge fan of Small World. Uh, I mean, I enjoy it for what it is, but I'm, I can, even as a kid, I was like, nope, I'm done. I've seen it. I don't need to see it again. The flying rockets and Dumbo, same concept, only the rockets are a little higher. I like those. The People Mover, when they had it, was awesome. Star Tours, of course, is a wonderful thing. I mean, there are so many wonderful attractions in the main park, but I'm trying to think of the ones that I really grew up with. Uh, going around the rivers of America on either the Mark Twain or the sailing ship Columbia, another wonderful attraction experience that a lot of people don't do, probably because it's time-consuming. But 
when you go around the rivers of America, they, they, there's a little story and tale about it. It's pretty cool. Uh, the train. I, uh, I enjoy the train. There's a, a section where you get to see the Grand Canyon, and then you get to see the Grand Canyon of yesteryear, where they show dinosaurs and things. It's pretty cool. Uh, oh, Autopia. Autopia, of course. It's always fun. I remember waiting to get tall enough to, to ride that. And uh, then they closed it for a while and redid the track, and that was cool. Uh, boats, back in the day, they used to have boats, which was similar to Autopia, only it was boats. <laughs> uh, submarine ride. Submarine ride, the original one was very cool, and they revamped it to have uh, Finding Nemo, and it was good. It, that's good, too, but I, uh, I'm kind of nostalgic about the old, the old one, but that's just part of my childhood. So I could go on and on about Disneyland, as, as you can apparently tell, because I have so many wonderful memories there. And the thing that I think I like most about Disneyland now is sharing those experiences with my son, especially as he starts to get older and can have really good dialogue and understanding of me sharing a memory, such as, you know... My father and I sat in these same seats when I was your age, and we watched the Tiki Room. When I get a chance to say those words to him, that's going to complete the full circle. I can feel it. It's going to be pretty awesome. So, as we leave this section, we'll say one last time, happy birthday, Disneyland. Right, listener feedback. Listener feedback. Don't have a lot of listener feedback for this episode. That's okay. We don't need a lot of it all the time. Just a little bit every episode. (laughs) This episode, I'm going to talk about Stitcher rankings, only because I've talked about it in the past, and it's been pretty goddamn funny. (laughs) Okay? Okay, we're only going to go back a few weeks from now, Uh, just just because I don't want to go through everything. We don't need to do that. But let's go back from the beginning of May. All right, so on May 4th, I ranked 8,177. On May 11th, I ranked 5,841. Jumped up. Yeah, on May 13th, just a couple days later, I jumped to 5,839. I jumped up two points. Yay! (laughs) On the 18th, five days later, I dropped back down to 8,868. What? (laughs) Then on the 25th of May, I don't know where they get their dates and why they're doing it on this day, but this is what I've been following on their website. Okay? Okay. Uh, On the 25th of May, I jumped back up to 4,359. What? Whoa. Crazy, but okay, cool. On the 1st of June, and this is amazing, I don't know how this happened. On the 1st of June, I jumped to 3,049. 3,049. It's it's the highest uh, highest I've been so far ever, so thank you, Stitcher listeners. Uh, Then, on the uh, 8th of June, 
I was back down <laughs> to 4,781. So it's been, <laughs> it's been crazy. It's been kind of weird. But whatever, what are you going to do, right? Right. Uh, what I can say is thank you, Stitcher users and listeners out there for using Stitcher and listening to the show. Be sure to thumbs up and be sure to share us on Twitter and Facebook. And I think you can share by text. <laughs> Wow, there's the end of the show. We made it. We did it. It's here. We did it. You know, sometimes I can't believe it myself that we did it. Anyway, uh, next episode. Next episode is kind of something that I, I, I heard in in kind of a hypothetical question sort of thing. The magic pill question. Yeah. If you could take a pill and have... Uh, most dephoric or trans-related issues become void and null, but with a cost? Would you take it? Yeah, I know. It's, it's one of those things. I'll go into it more next episode. Hey, I'm always looking for stuff to talk about on the show. Send it my way. Changes in Latitudes Podcast at gmail.com. As Jimmy Buffett says, if I couldn't laugh, I just would go insane. If we couldn't laugh, we just would go insane. If we weren't all crazy, we would go insane. Stay crazy, everyone. listening to Changes in Latitudes, a transgender experience. I'd love to hear from you, so let me know what you think or what you'd like to hear about by emailing me at changesinlatitudespodcast at gmail.com or by leaving a comment on the Facebook page at facebook.com slash changesinlatitudespodcast or at the website changesinlatitudespodcast.blogspot.com Don't forget to subscribe in Stitcher, iTunes, or your favorite podcatcher, and please leave us reviews and star ratings. Now, wait for it. Here it comes. Disclaimer time! Disclaimer time! Disclaimer time! Disclaimer time! I am not a doctor nor a lawyer, and I certainly do not pretend to be one. I am a trans woman who began her transition later in life. I am here to discuss my life, so I take no responsibility for your decisions based on my personal thoughts and experiences. If you are thinking about transition or are questioning your gender identity, first, please know that you are not alone in your thoughts and questions. Second, please seek the advice of a qualified gender therapist or at the very least a local support group. If you're having difficulty finding a qualified professional in your area, I suggest reaching out to the closest LGBT center near you. And lastly, please remember, always question the source when researching information on the internet. 
All contents are distributed under a Creative Commons no-derivative license and may be shared freely in their entirety. Any alteration or less-than-complete reproduction requires permission from the host. Copyright 2015 by me, Sabrina Miller. Thanks for listening. Alright, that was pretty good, but what about what's next? The outtakes. Cosmetic surgery? Uh, or plastic surgery? Let's say blah, 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 blah. Plastic surgery? Up till uh, now? Uh, blah, 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 blah. You're going to be with them to spend your money versus all the other plastic surgeries or plastic surgery doctors, blah, blah, blah. Chiropractor, uh, since I, I've come out, I haven't visited one. And for me, uh, let me try that again. And then for the medical profession, oh, da, 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 um. Yankee Doodle always says the past is just the start. Tomorrow will bring songs to you that come straight from the heart. Another thing he had to say was life is just a song. So everybody get in tune and let's all sing along. Should old acquaintance be forgotten and
Thank you for listening. And remember...